Hey folks, Sir Richard Wentworth. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of three thousand two hundred and twenty-one dollars off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step is simple: take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Manunos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin. Yeah. Woo! Yes. Yeah. It's going down. Welcome, AfterBuzzers. If you uh, can't tell, this is obviously not Thaddeus next to me. I'm your host, Christina Kaplan. We are joined by a very, very special guest, three-time All-Pro linebacker. Lavar Arrington. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you guys having me here. This is, this is so I'm, doing, I'm doing your initials. L L A. L A. Thank you. Thank you. Forgive me. So exciting. Fail, Kevin. That was a fail. Okay, and I've been waiting to get on this show. Aside from Lavar, I have. I'm Kevin John. Hey guys, and I'm Steph Z. Yes. So, like I said, very special guest. Lavar here works on NFL AM, the best morning show in all of television, It's not just sports like a big television. Deal. It huh? is a big deal. Yes, because of the hours. Yes, <laughs> we work while people sleep. Yes, nice. So, so if they're asleep, then they can't be watching us. So wake <laughs> your tails up so you can see us work. I, so what? On average, what time are you up in the morning to do that? Uh, And then we get there by, and then we do the show at 3 a.m. So basically, wow. he said they get up at 12:33 a.m. They're in the studio by 1:35 a.m. and they close. do the show by three. Yeah, get, that is kind of close. close. Did I translate that? That's close. That's close. Okay. You guys start giving wake up calls. I'll get up to watch. <laughs> you should. I will. It's very entertaining. If you have your Twitter, yeah. if you have your Twitter notification or Instagram. At Lavar Arrington, yeah, he's big on Instagram now. Oh, I'm like a big deal on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Insta famous. What, what was the yeah. What was the last thing you posted on Instagram? That he was excited to do the show with us. Duh. The yeah, the picture that, is that what it is? Yes, yeah. yes, that is. <laughs> he's is lying. Let's let's go let's go check and see. No. <laughs> no. What is the last big thing one of you guys posted on Instagram? The last big thing? Yes. Me? Yes, big piece of news. Me, a picture Ooh. with me and Stuart Scott, and That's I posted that cool. last Sunday morning. You know, I worked with Stuart Scott on Dream Job on ESPN. <gasps> oh, I remember that. I did. 
That was like reality TV on ESPN. I was one of the judges. So I was lucky enough to work with one of the great ones in the business. Amen. Shouts out to Stu. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, me and my slain, I was trying to do Stuart Scott sayings all last weekend. He just wasn't delivering (laughs) on Stuart. I appreciate the thought and we appreciate the love, but you just, it didn't work. I tried. That's all I'm It's the thought that counts. It's the motivation. You're right. Amen. Correct. There it is. Amen. Yeah. I mean, the last big thing that I posted on Instagram was just a selfie. So I know that's right. But I, I saw it. But you have great selfies, though. I have to agree. Tina posts some really great selfies. That's like your name there. around here, Tina? Well, because my Instagram. Our systems detect that a host has wandered off the subject. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, no. LeVar actually brought up that subject, so nice. no, Phil. Nice. Get him back. Yeah, on. but he's Anyways. not an official host. All right. All get right. him on the rails. Fine. Let's let's get back on the rails then. <laughs> LeVar, tell us a little yes. bit about of your company that you're working with that you created, XP. Yeah. Extreme Precision. Uh, well, Precision. I, I appreciate you asking. It, it's, a, it's a technology company, and, and what it is is we took all the aiming points of what you do on the football field, and we, we put them on shirts and shields and different products to teach the fundamentals of the game and it's it's gone really well we work very closely with under armor we we just finished up doing the under armor all-american week and uh, we integrated the the jersey and the sticks and the shields and the sleeves into the the practice week and it's gone going really well Awesome. Thanks so, for asking. What you said you you you, you know kind of take things so off. I could so teach what exactly- you how to be a bad mama jamma like on your everyday life, even if it's not on the football field, you still know where to put your hands if you need to use them. But that's good because I my I never know where to put my hands well, throughout go. the day. So you that's got, that's you good to know. See your work and know where your hands are going when you use them. You dig? That, that, no, that's interesting. That, All right. How, how did this super idea? Interesting. How how did the conception of this idea come? Uh, it was just slow and pure genius at work and. <laughs> Like the, magic, the magic in happened, my, and, and before you knew people. it, yeah, it just one thing led to another, and, and then boom, there was a creation. No, no, the true story was I was mentoring one, one of my young guys, and he did poorly at the NFL Combine. Mm. And I packed up my bags and went to, to teach him and, and train him for his pro day to see if he could kind of uh, salvage what, what he had lost in, in you know, ground at, at the Combine. And in a last-ditch effort to actually try to teach him some of the things that I needed him to learn, uh, I drew it on a shirt, and and he picked up what I was teaching him. And then I just kind of sat there one day and really felt like maybe there's a possibility that I could do this for for every position. So I went on like a seven-month pilgrimage and interviewed some of the greatest coaches that have ever played, uh, coached some of the greatest players that have ever played the game, and then took like another six months to to take and extract all the the consistencies of the information and came up with aiming points that were connected to the things that were were discussed during those interviews and we we tested it and vetted it out for about three years, and no one was able to punch a hole in in the aiming points so now it's just been a matter of gaining uh gaining exposure uh, to to bring it eventually to to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of 
quite comprehensive, but that's yeah. the serious story behind it. I usually joke around, but it's no joking matter when you're talking about XP. Yeah, you know that's, a, that's why it's a big the, deal. That's serious that's, business. That's why I got this visor on right now because it's about. So we're, we're, what's an XP. example of what a shirt would say? Just give us an example of one of the shirts, well, like something it would say or be. It dry, wouldn't say, but or, there'd be a marking point right there, right? Uh huh. And so if I'm teaching you how to get a hold of a guy, there's the the part the place where you're supposed to grab him, and it'd be a target right there. That's an example for you. Or say if I'm teaching you how to jam, well, I didn't hit you that hard. You, you can't. I'm a light dude. Don't I'm, be, I'm, I'm like on, a man. Don't be flimsy. Right there. I'm no crash test dummy. That's for sure. Right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm messing with. Hey, it. I played football, I so I, I had some, to endure a lot of those. Hits. Let me tell you something. That you you got a, a sprinter's body. You, you could have made it in the game. I know you're pretty good when you play. Probably. I'm telling you, like man. A receiver. I was a hell of a backup kicker for my team. I'm telling you, man. I was, man. I was the truth. That that was that was reserve duty when you weren't making touchdowns and different things. Aren't you going to get us back on the rails, man? Aren't you supposed I was, to? I was listening to you uh, talk about uh, your company. Was it interesting? Yeah, I like it. You yeah. Liked it? yeah. yeah. XP. Actually, yeah, you it's never good. actually explained it to me. Yeah, it's so. it's it's really the future of where football is going with all of the head injuries and the different uh, concerns surrounding the game. The the drop off in participation, uh, it's it's a really really great teaching tool, and and it, it facilitates uh, teaching it the right way. And these these guys from the pros on down to to six year olds actually are able to be taught the same exact way and correct themselves the same exact way because the football fundamentals uh, are pretty pretty consistent they they really don't change which makes it a pretty cool thing because it you can actually turn the game into what it's supposed to be which is a scientifically played played sport Mm -hmm. but people don't know that it it has a lot of science involved with it well unless they watch john brinkus well there you go understand sports science there you go all right since you mentioned getting back on the rails obviously very cool company aiming to really just better football overall for everyone get kid kids kids back into the sport that you know has been loved for so many years but you know why it's awesome think, when you th- oh sorry go ahead why do you think kids do you think that because of the injuries and because of the stuff that's happening that's why parents are so hesitant to get kids in so do you think something like this will like there's this whole stigma like the mm-hmm. game's been the game mm-hmm. like why are there yeah. so many more injuries now well, I mean like it's the- not that there's so many more injuries it's just so much more exposure to the injuries there's right. there's more knowledge surrounding yeah. the injuries at this point and you know they say it's an interesting stat out there uh, a survey was done and they said 66% of graduate couples don't allow their children to participate in tackle football right is it a stigma? Sure, it's a stigma, but it's also a reality and a truth that's associated with the game. You don't want to have kids out there playing and not understand what the game is about. You don't want to have guys out there coaching your children and they don't understand what the game is about. So what we do is basically bridge the gap between a coach and a player, but we're also making it simple enough where you don't have to know – a hundred percent of what every X and O is about or or what what different strategies or even what different penalties are when you're talking about entry level coaches that generally are parents that are are you know donating mm-hmm. their time for their children. 
So you make it simple enough for them to understand how to teach those those simple fundamentals at the at the youngest ages, and then now you're putting in the the proper foundation for them to be able to grow into uh, a productive but also a much more safe uh, football player. They're they're able to protect themselves, but they're also in essence, protecting the people that they're playing against because they understand where to put their eyes, where to put their hands, how to make tackles instead of closing their eyes, dropping their heads, or doing things that are, are a lot of times we see in the pros. It's it's not taught correctly. So it's just a matter of teaching the game the right way and from the start. Do you think it will ever be something that's incorporated into, like, jerseys for kids and yeah. stuff? Like yeah, it's that's what it is. That's what it is. It's on the actual jerseys. Like, yes. where to hit? Oh, okay. Do you guys actually? I know you want to ask a million questions. I, I hate do. to I'm cut so, you off, but we so really, really no. need to get into yeah. our good job, good job. Wait, way to take charge, take in charge. Oh, so let's talk about this is the really first, interesting. Though. The no, first awesome. playoff game that we had this weekend, oh which was the Patriots. That boy Brady. The Ravens. That boy Brady boy. Oh, he's one of the guys. Yeah. The Brady Butch. Okay, he's the sorry. Go ahead, Tina. Um. Yeah. No. Tom Brady, obviously, amazing football that boy. player. But. Cry baby. The Ravens had that game. The Ravens had that game. The Ravens they had were that in game it. and Tom Brady's cry baby. Um, <laughs> I'll put it like. Uh, well, okay. Spoken the from a are true the, Jets fan. Yeah, exactly. Not even that. Like, he just cries to the refs after he gets double sack, like, sack after sack. Like, come on, man. No, no I, I agree with you. Of all the quarterbacks in the NF- NFL, oh, he, I do believe he Brady the refs more than anyone. does have a skirt on. And sometimes oh. he needs to take that skirt off and just play the the, the game of football on the gridiron the way he's it should very, be played. He's very of, passionate. Of all of the quarterbacks in the NFL, he's probably the best in the NFL. You're saying he's number one in the NFL right now? That's a bold dude, statement. Dude is a winner. Name me a better winner in, in the NFL than Tom Brady. Uh, another guy that'll be in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, name me another winner in the NFL that's better than Tom Brady. Russell Wilson. Again, I ask. <laughs> name me another winner in the NFL. So here's the thing, right? When you look at Tom Brady and you look at what he's been able to accomplish through the years – a lot of people focus in on on his shortcomings and in times that he has come up short in terms of winning winning it all, but he's always there. He's he's always competitive. If you had Tom Brady on your team, you would love the fact that you had Tom Brady on your team. And and that's what you measure a guy by is if you hate him mm-hmm. because of your team and you love him because he's on your team. That's the true measure, and he's he's brought what three Super Bowls to to New England. I mean, he's he him and Bill Belichick are the constants of a team that continues to win games year in and year out. That's the Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan duo there. It's 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 difficult, even if and and you could say that Michael uh, Mike Jordan was a crybaby or a sore loser or a lot of the things that adjectives you use. Not to Brady's level, maybe. I don't know, bro. But you it, might, you but might, I mean, you, Michael Jordan was a complainer. It, he complained almost every single time he got touched no. when he was on the court. Chris Rubber was a whiner on the court. But anyways, yeah, but let's go. Chris Webber didn't get results. That's a horrible analogy. Whatever. Kobe cries. Kobe complains. LeBron was a crier earlier in his career. He used to cry about everything. LeBron isn't enough of a winner yet. Exactly. But anyways, no, you brought up something very good, and I know we're going to get into it later, Peyton Manning, because you were talking about how, you know, because that's obviously the comparison that's always made 
trade right now is Manning and Brady. And, you know, Brady, I mean, Manning has obviously gotten a stigma for losing in some of the big games. And we all know Brady, the last two times he's been to the Super Bowl, he yes. has lost. Yes. Granted, to, uh, ironically, to Peyton's younger brother. Yep. And, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of times they overlook that when they look at uh, Brady's legacy. But yet Manning is going to get a lot of flack for losing a big game. And I think that sometimes it is an unfair comparison when you compare the two and you talk about Brady's postseason success when Manning has had a lot of postseason success as well. He's lost a lot of games, but he still had quite a lot of postseason success. It's not even close. It's not yeah. even in the same stratosphere as Tom Brady, I bro. Agree. How many championships does Peyton Manning have? He's won one Super Bowl. How many? Okay. He's been to three. How many does Doesn't Tom matter if have? He's been Brady has been the five. Yeah. Brady's been the five and he's won three. Exactly. That's... So you have no argument there. No, no, no. It's, my, my, it's, it's, difficult. it's difficult to make the argument in the sense that when you're when you're judging based off of the success in the postseason. Exactly. I'll give that it's, to Brady. It's, it's very difficult to make that argument. Now, when you have the discussion, and I said this today, when you have the discussion of personal accomplishments and achievements, because I ultimately believe it's a team game. It's the ultimate team sport. So if you win in the playoffs, when you win, you win as a team, you lose as a team as well. Those guys don't play defense. They don't play special teams. So you have to understand that there's other elements that can exactly. be a part of losing those games. Now, with that being said, is is that element, is that that presence that comes from that player, is that, is that a driving force for a team to achieve at a higher level? And I would say you you wholeheartedly believe that about Tom Brady, that he's the heart and soul no matter who has been there, if it if it was Willie McGinnis and and those guys and Teddy Bruschi and and Troy and, Brown, and all those guys, right? <laughs> David Patton and and Givens and and Falk, there was always that one that one constant, and and that was a Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and and so you I I would say you can put Peyton Manning in the discussion of greatest quarterbacks of all mm-hmm. time, but unfortunately. Because he's not one of the greatest winners of all time, he'll he'll never be able to eclipse uh, a, a, a Joe Montana. He'll never and and who knows what what's still to be written for Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady is the modern day Joe Montana, even though he's lost two Super Bowls. I agree. Now, can we agree on one thing? Peyton Manning is the best regular season quarterback of all time. I, again, I, I think that you can look at. You can, I mean, the numbers don't lie. You can look at his his individual accomplishments. I mean, he's won the 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 MVP of the the league quite what, a bit of times. Yeah. So he's he's done amazing things. There's nothing to take away from what Peyton Manning has been able to accomplish as a player in the league. But I think you get into. You know, I look at Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly accomplished some amazing things in the league as as a quarterback. But and, lost every Super Bowl he'd been to. But who goes to the Super Bowl four years in a row? That's an amazing feat in itself. Then you look at someone like Dan Marino who made it to one Super Bowl, and he eclipsed a lot of records as well. And we know how his career ended. Look at Drew Brees. You can name a lot of guys that will go down in the history as some really, really phenomenal quarterbacks. Even Brett Favre. How many Super Bowls does he have? One. Yeah, one. So He has three consecutive MVPs, though. So once, once you get into trying to weigh out individual stats and awards and records versus winning, it, there's there's such a gray area in, in how you're able to, to really – 
kind of put things in their proper place and their their proper perspective. So I think it comes down to you don't remember stats. People don't remember stats. Exactly. We've had that conversation multiple times on yeah, the show yeah. about I know you like to bring up the, all the stats, but it's like we've said, it really all comes down to winning. Mm-hmm. What that's what, done that's what people remember. Also, stage. it's a gracious winner. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I do not disagree that Tom Brady is an amazing quarterback. One of the best, if not. Like, but all I'm saying is to me, it's, it's painful almost to watch somebody that that, that good whine about it. Why? You see it as whining. Yeah. Why? Because it's like you're winning. It, it's just like an ungracious, mm-hmm. it's unsportsmanlike to me. He's a competitor. Me. Name me a gracious winner. Like what's that? What's that look like? Name me. Tell me the greatest winners of all time, and I'll tell you how gracious they are. Tell me the greatest winners of all time. The greatest winners. Your guy was not gracious. If if by definition, Which what one? you're looking for, your guy who who went off the field and said we were going to win this thing, and then they beat the Baltimore Colts. He wasn't a gracious Wait. guy. Look, know your yeah. history now. You wearing yeah. the shirt there, N- Namath. Yeah, 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 Mr. Willie Joe was not. If, if by the the means or definition of what that may be, the greatest winners of all time were were not people that were okay with losing. And sometimes, sometimes not. You can like the way somebody interviews. You can like the way they come across as a person, and that's that's cool and all, but. The reality of it is, is fierce competitors. There's something different about every last one of them, and and gracious and and docile and uh, meek and and humble. Those things can play a part of it, but they have their proper places. Have you ever met Tom Brady? Tom Brady is a personal friend of mine. He's a pretty cool guy off the field. Amazing guy off the field. So so the thing about it is, when you see the competitor, whatever it is that that you see that makes it work for him, because it obviously works for him. What when you see that on the field, it's it's a different it's a different feel than what that person may be. They're in character. You look at somebody like Floyd Mayweather. He may, he will go down as one of the greatest fighters in the history of boxing. Now people may question his, who he fought and different things like that. Bottom line is he's still unbeaten, and he goes out there. He talks the talk, but he also walks the walk. So when you're one of those type of guys and you compete at that high of a level, it's really difficult to sit there and and, and kind of it's it's good for entertainment. It's great for discussion, but to try to pick apart. Winners of of that caliber, it's just that's what it is. It's just nitpicking, so to speak. Not see, not attacking I, you or anything, but just it's kind of what it is. No, no, I say that's I, a good I, point. That, it is, but I mean, as an overall blanket, I think that a lot of people that have a lot that root for a lot of different teams would have that same opinion of Tom Brady. See, I don't Maybe see so. it as so whining. I, I see it as he's extremely passionate. Because I've been in that situation before where you want, like, you can't believe that the ref just called that call and you're like, no, like, come on, you know, it's, it's passion. It's that he wanted, wants to win. It's the emotions of the game. Yeah, I don't see it as whining. But, but, but I I also think though sometimes that you bring up a good point. Like if you see someone else that's getting emotional in the game, like Des Bryant or something like that, sometimes people want to criticize Des Bryant or, or T.O. They used to love to take out T.O. and he was a very passionate, emotional player. But, you know, you don't see a lot of times people negatively scrutinize maybe, you know, Tom Brady. It or- just depends. It depends on what it is. Yeah. And when you're, 
when you're a winner, when you've won, then okay, okay, there's Spygate, and then okay, they haven't won since Spygate, so you find a way to legitimize or minimize mm-hmm. what he was able to do. But then now you look at him off the field, like look at who he's married to, look at look at the life that he lives. A lot of times, people base their feelings and their emotions off of people when they look at the life that they're living. It's not just based upon how they play the game. It's based upon looking at someone and, and feeling as though they have it all. Like it, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at things this way because you have it all, or you shouldn't complain or whine or be and moan because you have it all. So why are you playing this way, or why do you act that way? But in reality, first of all, I was married to Giselle Bougie Dunn. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't cry or whine a day of my life. Well, I don't think he's concerned <laughs> think with anybody. Funny. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the thing, Giselle. If you're watching, I apologize. Have to tell that by his haircut a couple years ago. <laughs> I, I I'm think, sorry. I think I do a whole lot of crying and moaning, and well, that's it's a family show, I'm sure. So, <laughs> leave, I saw where you were going. I saw where you were going. It's actually not. It's Kevin not. makes oh. plenty of sexual awkward oh, okay. references every single I, show. I mean, you brought up GB. I just, you know, I'm gonna just say GB because I know how to pronounce it. But Gwinchin. you know, all right. So we we spent Gwinchin. plenty of time talking about Tom Brady. Now let's talk about the Ravens. Do we think he's gonna win the Super Bowl? That's a good question. Well, we could talk about that in predictions. Okay. Because we, we've got a lot of teams to get to here, and we've barely crossed one. All right, but the game real quick. Right? So, Ravens, yeah. I, I thought, I mean, the Ravens had that game. They put up a tremendous fight. Their defense played really well. I think it was just crucial interceptions piv- like at pivotal times in the game. That last interception that Flacco threw mm. kind of sealed the game. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. No, it, I agree. It was Bill advised, like, yeah. It was a like way deep, deep ball, and was there two? There were two the guys. Safety double was coverage, nearby. Right? Yeah, uh, he was going for the home run. He, he went for the same play that Tom Brady right. actually hit them with the the drive before, but he shouldn't have thrown that. The, the safety was was too close in proximity for him to try to deliver that throw. So it, it you live the fight another down. It, there was still time. There was still the the options of of doing different things during that drive and I just think that he felt like he could go after and get it Uh, they made plays during the game they left some on the table but they did make plays during the course of the game and maybe he felt as though putting it up there that his guy would be able to go up and make a play on the ball it just didn't work out that way yeah no um and so, he's played awesome in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, speaking of quarterbacks, I think Joe Flacco is also, and you brought up that point about a week ago that he's one of the most underrated yeah. QBs. You know, his postseason record speaks for itself. Yeah, I think he's the you most know. winning his postseason. Exactly. Percentage wise. Percentage wise. Right he's yeah. the most. Because I think he, Tom Brady is the most winningest uh, playoff he, quarterback right now. If my he, yeah. statistical sense serves me correctly. No, yeah, I, I think you're right. But I think the other. Um, thing that really kept the Ravens in the game and they could have won they had their their run game was a lot stronger than the Patriots Justin Forsett had 24 carries for 129 yards so they were able to move the ball a lot more um and still he still connected with a lot of his receivers as well um Steve Smith Sr. only had three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown which Considering is pretty low for him. Um, 
But didn't he? That's another emotional player. But I love his passion. Didn't he get injured or something in the middle of the game? It looked he like was he hurt his calf or or something to that mm-hmm. that effect. But the, the thing about that is he was going against one of the premier corners in the game in Darrell Revis. Right, but Revis so, only had one tackle that entire game. But but sometimes stats don't tell yeah. the story of a player like a Darrell. Right. Revis. Their presence it's there, right, their coverage, right, right. their you know. You also him. know that, right? No, no, I agree. I just was surprised when I saw that. I was like, really, he only had one tackle that whole yeah. game. He got yeah. beat, but and like, again, they weren't scared to, to challenge that matchup with him. You, mm-hmm. But you look at Steve Smith's stats. What, what was his stat line again? He had uh, three receptions, 44 yards, and one touchdown. That's your stat line for Darrell Revis. Right. Three receptions, yeah. 44 yards, now one touchdown. He gave up that touchdown, too, but yeah. three receptions, 44 yards. Yeah. That's... That's his stat line, not mm-hmm. not one tackle. It's because he's he defending down, him. Yeah. He shut down their main target in exactly. the passing game. Right. And sometimes that's and, just because he's there covering them. Yeah, and exactly. They decide to do something different. You know. Well, but you, you know, speaking of speaking of stat lines, one of the one of the stat lines that I think is was the most just jumped out to me the most that was the most flabbergasted was uh, the Patriots only ran for 14 yards I believe the 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 whole game yeah something very it it was uh, yeah 14 yards and of anything that just kind of goes to I guess support the dominance of Brady is the fact that you know with it's easier to control and we say it a lot of times with teams that run deep in the playoffs you've got to have a consistent run game Mm -hmm. and a strong run game because that opens up a lot more options offensively and the fact that they couldn't even get – I don't even think in the second half they um, did a – they may have attempted one or two rushes in the second half. Even that. I don't know the exact stat. But it, he carried them pretty much offensively all by himself. And I'm like, you know, that's that says a lot when you can pretty much single-handedly win a game through a pass game. And you can't – you know, because you got to realize when you're rushing the ball a lot, you're tiring down the defense. You're – you know, the, the time of, your time of possession is going up. And um, you're giving your defense time to rest. To rest, exactly. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into being able to have time of possession and ball control. Yeah, over over the team. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and they, they, I mean, I, they got it done with 14 rushing yards. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Right. I mean, Brady threw for 367 yards. So. Exactly. Yeah. He's, uh, he's also now like the all-time leader in postseason touchdowns. I think with 46. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. I think you're right. So, and you know what he does have? I'll give him. This is my favorite Brady play. It's a QB sneak. He He's does cool. it yeah. so well. And yeah. he certainly can't run. He's not yeah. super athletic that way. So His 40 is like a 6'2". <laughs> if even that. Not his a 7. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next game. Seattle, Carolina. I mean... I'd, I'm pretty sure everyone kind of thought. Did anyone think Carolina was going to win this one? Uh, people were were thinking that be a better game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that was it. Is everyone thought that the Panthers would put up more of a fight? It um, kind of it, it was good in the beginning, but then this is what seems to always happen with the Seahawks: is once they get a hold of the game, they just run with momentum, it. Mm-hmm. especially um, at home. Right. Exactly. So. And Beast Mode didn't even really get going, going. Right. You know, no, he, this he, is, uh, where did I wrote he, this down? He, it was his first playoff start without a rushing touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah. um. And he's kind of the heart and soul of that offense. Right. And going into this game coming up this weekend against <laughs> the Packers, the Seahawks are 23 and 2 at home since 2012. They have won eight straight home playoff games, the longest active streak in the NFL right now. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, tell That's me a if hard you guys stadium to win. Uh, 
I I don't know why, but I feel like this team, if it weren't for their home advantage, I don't think that they would be making it this far. Do you guys agree with me, or do you think I'm crazy? Well, they have to build that. You have to build that home field advantage. And and by having the 12th the way that they do, it's been – that's been a process. I mean, you create an intimidation factor when you whoop people's tails when they come to your building. So yeah. it, Green Bay hasn't lost at home this mm-hmm. year as well. So Lambo, You build – over time, you build a reputation that's associated with – your field if if you're they say you got to win at home but the thing about the thing about Seattle and you look at what they're able to do the way they built that stadium I played there in a playoff game and when I tell you it is the loudest thing you've ever heard it, it's it's so loud when when they say deafening loud it you cannot you can't hear yourself think it's so loud in there, and and so you have to give those fans credit, yeah. and and the architects who built the the stadium the way oh, the that infrastructure they did, of it, yeah, yeah. It, the the fans sit over top of you. It's not like it's Paul Allen. <laughs> it's it's not like Dallas's stadium where it's just so big and it's grand and it can get loud, but it's not on top of you. Yeah, there's you know I've played in a few stadiums and I played in Madison. What was the loudest stadium Wisconsin, you ever played in? Wisconsin was pretty. Seattle's the loudest, man. But Wisconsin, Wisconsin doesn't have this type of, of numbers that a, a big house has going to play in Michigan. But you go play in Michigan, and it's over a hundred thousand people, and it's loud, but it's not on top of you. Right. When you're playing in a, a stadium where that noise is over top of you, it's a different type of noise, and it does start. It starts to play on you a little bit. How loud is Penn State? It's pretty loud, but it's a very big stadium. It's an open yeah. stadium, so the 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 noise, the the sound travels differently. Oh, it I see. Travels differently. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you have a stadium that's that's built a certain type of way, and the fans are over top of you, that that noise is it like you you create like a cross a crosswind of. It's just it's it's amazing how the noise sits in the stadium the way that it does mm-hmm. so much so they they've had times where they've talked about piping in noise and different things like that because of how loud it gets in the stadium well, you know, they created a mini earthquake in one of the playoff yes, games last did. year yeah. Yeah. because it was so loud yeah. i mean that right there insane can, i mean that paints the whole picture yeah. for you i think and, and it was funny carolina preparing for this game they actually um they use i guess these amplified speakers mm-hmm. and yeah, that's standard. They, that's yeah, standard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, they kept standard. talking about how Carolina, they, but they, I guess, I guess they went over and above and got like you know these thirty-two thousand watt, Maybe. just just insane stuff. Boom. And apparently, I mean, it's I guess it's hard to kind of create or simulate that kind of environment um, because it's a different situation when you're actually there. True. But it's like, how can you prepare? How can you, as a football player, prepare to play in a stadium that loud if you can't really simulate guess, the sound? I guess people haven't cracked that code yet. <laughs> I know, right? You said twenty-two and three, or whatever. Yeah, XP. The XP. Next on the list. That needs to be on a shirt. You know how to crack Ooh, the code. Yeah. Crack you know. the code. Crack the co- hashtag. Crack the code. I like yeah. it. I'm gonna use that. All right. <laughs> now the game that everyone's been talking about because of the controversy, which we had the controversy last week too. Dallas Green Bay. 
And we talked about this all four hours on the show this morning. They, he did, not me. <laughs> but um, Des Bryant's reversed catch, no catch. Um, we had Dean Blandino, the vice president of officiating on, who explained it. And the way that he explained it kind of made more sense to me as to, like, I, I understood the rule a little bit more, was that Dez was, his momentum falling was what propelled him, and then he hit the ground, ground knocked the ball out. If he would have made what they keep calling a football move, where he would have taken steps forward, mm-hmm. it, that's different. But here's the problem. The problem is you have to take a look at today's athlete and understand that Dez Bryant caught that ball. He switched the ball. To the left hand, yeah. While he's hitting the ground and gets two and a half steps, we'll say, before he tries to launch himself across the goal line and reach out and hit the ball off of the ground. It's difficult to not justify that being a catch, a football move, and down, at least down by contact. No, I 100% agree with you. I'm just telling you what no, and, he and said by to the explain. Rule of, but the rule book, yeah. The word yeah. of the rule, it's it's he's correct, and, and that's the correct call. So, but even with Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson clearly caught that ball, had control of the ball, and slammed the ball down and came up off of it because he had control of the ball when he came down. And he felt as though he finished the play. Yeah. And that was why they had to even try to interpret the rule the way that they did. I think they just have to look at what, I mean, we're looking at guys like Odell Beckham and the yeah. way they're catching the balls these days. That it's not, the game is evolving. So you can't, you can't look at it the way that you once did because these guys are doing different things Absolutely. than what guys have, have done in the past. So, so my question is, take a look at that. that is that, rule. is that particular rule flawed then in that case, yes. this yeah. day and age? hundred yeah. oh, percent. Yeah. Okay. So then my, uh, the, I guess the next thing is how do you overturn or how do you revise, modify the, uh, the rule in order to, well, that's going to have to come through the competition committee. They're going to have to sit down and they'll, they'll, I guarantee you that will be a play up for review. Uh, this coming off season, they'll they'll take a look at that. Yeah, yeah, now, absolutely. Will they change it? I don't know, but you don't want to. They they've adjusted a lot of things about the game that have to do with safety. You don't want to adjust something. Obviously, that is going to take away from the offensive uh, production of a game, and that mm-hmm. clearly altered the game in some some shape or form. Yeah. by calling it back. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, it, cha- it definitely changed the game. It changed the, the momentum. The Cowboys would have yeah. had first and goal with the one yard that yeah. game if it weren't for that call. Not I don't to know say about winning, okay, but, yeah. but not to say yeah. that they didn't have plenty of chances to you know win right? without that call. Well, we like said, I said yeah. last week too, yeah. it doesn't come the down Lions to one play. Plenty no. of chances, yeah. but yeah. that was a crucial call and, and it totally changed the momentum. Absolutely. Of the game. Absolutely. And even Jason Garrett said in his post game interview, you know, we had multiple chance we had other chances, yeah. you know, it wasn't just that call. So they did. They they had it. And as much as I don't really like the Cowboys, um <laughs> I don't really like Jerry Jones, Tony Romo, but I I respect Des Bryant and DeMarco Murray. I think they're amazing players. And I think that that team Didn't you pick them with me? I did. I picked oh, okay. them. So yeah. I I went one for f- one and three this week. But um that team as a whole was I think the only team playing lights out on every aspect of the game. Their oh, yeah. offensive line, their defense, their 
all their receivers. They had a complete team. Game. They, they played. They were playing so well. They deserve they were the better team. Yes. Yes. absolutely. In that game, yes. absolutely. You could clearly see that Dallas was better than Green Bay for a long time oh, yeah. in that game, but. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily. It, it's it's kind of like you got to think about. Uh, you ever see the movie The Thirteenth Warrior, and the guy picks a fight with the biggest, strongest guy in the village because they need to to, to prove a point. Well, he's a little guy. He goes, he fights the big guy. Well, the big guy is beating the heck out of him. He's breaking his shields. It's like he's keep going, and they want to stop the fight because they're thinking that this big guy is going to kill him. You know, he keeps going back, boom, boom, goes back in, fighting a big guy, big guy breaks another shield. He gets down to his last shield. They go back out, he breaks the shield. Now he's sitting there, he's tired. He looks like he's beat down, beat, beat to the point of where, okay, I can't, I can't defend myself anymore. He's on his knees. He's, 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 looks like he's defeated. And the guy gets ready to go chop his head off and he turns and he sticks him, sticks him quick sticks him real in the right place and puts the big guy down and basically says to to the whole village watching you know he he was he was a brave man so the whole point is sometimes sometimes you can watch a beating take place and it doesn't necessarily show who the better who what the better fighter or what the better team was because it's all about how you finish yeah. and 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 quite frankly the better team finish the game whether people want to use that call as as the catalyst or what have you there was still time in the game for them to be able to stop green bay and get the ball back and do what they needed to do they couldn't get the offense off of the field and they were able to close the game out so it's not about them looking better or being better than green bay for most of the game it was about they were possibly better than them during the course of the game but were not better than them as a team and that's why they lost yeah that's true and i mean it shouldn't have been even that i mean rogers was playing hurt he was literally limping out there in between certain plays and you know the fact that they still cannot slow him down um is also i i think just a a testament and we goes back to winners how we were talking about earlier brady and i think that just goes back rogers is a winner he is a winner a gracious winner that and won't work this if week. he happens to meet Brady in the Super Bowl, if that happens that, to happen, that won't happen. I, I won't put it on Rodgers. Any, I know they, they have to leg. get past Seattle. Yeah. I know, but still, if he had both legs, maybe. But one, <laughs> one and a half, I, I just can't. See <laughs> He's headed a half. Yeah, yeah, one and a half. You know, it's interesting. You guys probably real quick talked about this this morning as well. That it was the same ref that called the Des Bryant and the Calvin Johnson yeah. thing in yeah. the reverse, yeah. which they I did. thought yeah. was like, hmm, yeah. No, they did talk about that. We're short on time, so I want to get over to the yeah. last game, which was yes. Denver, Indianapolis. Uh, we talked a lot about Peyton Manning already, so you know we won't touch on that anymore. But he was playing with one leg too. Yes, he has been injured. What I heard today on the aftermath, which is another show on NFL Network, plug in NFL Network. Shouts out to Rhett. Rhett, yeah, Rhett. Uh, one of our hosts was talking, was on that show talking about how. Uh, he was interviewing Judy Batista, who spoke to somebody in the Broncos um, organization who said that John Elway has to have a serious conversation with Peyton Manning and decide whether or not that injury a was... A $19 million exactly, conversation. Whether or not that injury was the sole reason for his play decline right. uh, after the first nine games of the season when he was playing really well. Was it just because of that injury? and was Or was it because of the injury and a combination of John Fox's 
calls because they were saying that that was an issue as well. And do they think that Peyton can come back and recover and be at 100% again next season? That's the whole issue, whether or not he will return. Is, is I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Peyton Manning at 60% is still better than over half the over better than over three quarters of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Him at 55% is. So uh, to go back to your question, yes, we're used to seeing Peyton obviously just annihilate. I mean, if you saw his season last year, we're used to seeing that kind of Peyton. So the moment he has an off Peyton like game where he could still be good, he could, I think he still threw for over what, 250, 300 yards the last game. But you know, all of a sudden the conversation is what's wrong with you, Peyton? Cause we're so used to seeing him excel at, um, you know, these astronomical levels. Now also keep in mind, he didn't have Julia Thomas for, for, uh, um, the tight end for a while. And that was one of his go-to targets a lot this year. I think he was actually leading the team in um, in touchdowns until he was injured. And uh, uh, Wes Welker was matter, though, because Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas were picking up any slack that could have been well, left the, off by having Julius Thomas injured. But still, I mean, you still the need all Broncos the pieces. Broncos looked very bad yeah, in this did. game. I, 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 I think the storyline more is about their defense than it was about their offense. I mean, their offense wasn't wasn't up to snuff the way that they should have been, and obviously it comes out that. Peyton Manning has been injured. Yeah. But you're you went out, you you built your defense for this game. Right. Exactly. You built you built that defensive front for this game. Stop the run inside. You got Pot Rose and those guys on the inside. Then you bring in Demarcus Ware and you have Von Miller on the other side. They didn't sniff. They didn't sniff Andrew Luck. Yeah. The pass rush was was <laughs> anemic at best. During the course of that game, yeah. to me, that's that's the bigger bigger concern if if I'm looking at this team because if if I if I'm looking at Peyton Manning, I feel as though Peyton Manning can find a way to to heal his his ails whatever his whatever's ailing him, he's going to be able to his to figure it out. He's yeah. going to be able to figure it out. But your defense let you down in that game, and that's. To me, that was the biggest tell of the tape in that game. I agree. Yeah. And then on the other side of the ball, the Colts defense, They've I mean, playing lights out. they played so yeah. well. And, and I've said, I've said in, you know, past episodes that I felt like the Colts defense was kind of soft, but they came out and they started completely off. shut me up. They <laughs> ran for over 200 yards. Uh, the New England Patriots did the first time around with, with Jonas, what Jonas Gray. Yeah. Which is interesting because now they are going to meet again under different circumstances and with a defense that's playing with a whole lot more, um, umph, we'll yeah. say, than, than what they did the first time around. So it'll be interesting to see if they really are as good as they've been playing or it just was a matter of the opponent that right, they were the against. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of that matchup next week, let's get into predictions. Oh, yeah. Phil, predictions. Yeah. Or somebody else in there. Now, I don't know. They switched. Who knows? <laughs> so, let's talk. So, that, the first matchup we'll talk about here, the Colts and Patriots. Um, Steph, who are you going to take? I'm going to take the Colts. I know. I, I shouldn't have I even asked. Andrew Luck. The it's Brady not, hater. It's not because yeah. I'm a Jets fan. I just think, I just, I'm a big Andrew Luck fan. I think the Colts are on. I think they're on, I think they're going to win. Kevin? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to kind of piggyback off what you said. Um, I mean, really, I think that Colts Broncos game was the passing of the torch from Peyton to Andrew Luck, who is going to be the future. Of How, however, 
even though he's the future, the time is now, and I think Tom Brady has the hot hand now, and that boy's going to deliver. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. Lavar. The matchup says you have to look at the Patriots as the favorite in this game. Why? Because it's in Foxborough. It's at home. They play very well at home. You're looking at the coaches. I like Pagano, but he's no Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick may be the greatest football coach in in, uh, the National Football League of all time. But Pagano Uh, doesn't cheat. Well, that's okay. Those those wins still count. Uh, (laughs) When I I look at the matchup of this game, I think they're going to have a very – DeQuell Jackson and, and, and those guys are going to have a very difficult time or whoever it is they try to figure out Either a linebacker is going to be too slow or a cornerback or a defensive back is going to be too small with with Gronkowski. I think that's going to be a matchup to look at. LaFell has has stretched the field out and done what he's needed to do. And then you have the two peewees out there doing what they're doing with Amendola and, and uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, Edelman. Edelman. Those, yeah. those guys are playing real the well. Peewees. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be very, very difficult. For even with the amount of weapons and talent that they have with Knicks and and Ty and even at uh, Fleener and those guys, it's it's still even Boom Herring has done well running the ball. But yeah. I just think that that's a very very daunting task for for this Colts team to be able to go into Foxborough and win. So I have conventional wisdom would say you got to go with the Patriots. I agree. I as much as I would like to ch- take the Colts in this matchup because I do like Andrew Luck. I um, think he's an excellent quarterback, and I, I like that team. But like LeVar said, it is a very daunting task to try to take on Tom Brady and the Pats in Foxborough. In Foxborough, when they're, they've got the momentum, they're on fire, They, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to take the Patriots. That's okay. I was the only one that took the Colts last week in the Broncos, and everyone kind of said true. similar That's true. So, Speaking we'll of records happens. from last week, didn't I actually? I like how we skipped over yeah, that part no, this week. we don't I, have to I, skip over it. I actually picked the Colts to win. There actually. you go. Huh? I think my only my only loss, I picked Seattle to win. Um, Did you pick Dallas? I think I picked Dallas. Oh. Yeah. I think I picked Dallas to win because of – Aaron Rodgers is like we don't so have I to skip over it Kevin I think that was my we can, only if we have time first, it doesn't matter this was the first time ever all season that you actually had a winning <laughs> record yeah so congrats congrats it doesn't matter I'm still crushing all of you guys in this final standings here you see, you see how I'm a gracious winner I you know no. real gra- gracious winner mm. she's yeah. the Tom Brady of the bunch <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm a winner it's all that matters and I have I'm a hot wife man. apparently GB. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. GB. Okay, so let's talk about the other matchup. Packers at Seahawks. Steph. Take the Packers. <sighs> Go out on a limb. Go out. No, I, I, I kind of think the Seahawks are going to win. I kind of want the Packers to win, though. But I feel like it's also so too— that's, that's, to- that's called towing the line right there. Yeah. That's your straddle, right? You straddled the no, fence. No, I'm taking the Seahawks. <gasps> I usually pick with my heart. The Buckeyes just defeated Holy the. Um, sorry, guys, we just got breaking news. The Buckeyes just defeated Oregon the favored Ducks. Oregon Ducks, what, 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 what? forty-two to twenty in the national championship 42 game. Forty-two wow. to twenty. That boy Cardell Jones. I'm sorry, we're way off topic. His sorry. third star ever. Okay. And his third stream. Yeah. And way I, to go. I, I, but back like to don't NFL. stop believing. Like NFL. I said, real quick. It's just it's kind of funny how it's like the the vet quarterbacks versus kind of like the new quarterbacks. 
So we'll see. I think it'll be interesting. Mm. Kevin? Now, conventional wisdom will tell you oh, that the Seahawks see how he does that? are going to win. Because he's in, inspirational. I'm going to start saying XP every time I say a knowledge thing. There you go. So, anyways. Um, I don't know if you want it, that in his knowledge. Right. Whatever. Right. whatever. They, they beat up on me. Sometimes I deserve it, though. Hey, man, all right. Yeah, a lot of times I deserve it. But, anyways, um, but anyways I. I I'm going to go with the Packers, and the reason I'm going to say that is because, well, I'm a Niners fan, and Seahawks are a division rival, so there's a little bit of bias in there. But I will say this much. I will say that Aaron Rodgers, I believe, when the game is on the line, he's proved, he proved that last game that he's – I know he's banged up, but he has a week to kind of rehabilitate his calf. And um, I think that the secondary to Legion of Boom, I think that Jordy Nelson is going to have a hell of a game against them. I think he's going to expose them, especially. But can I just make a point? Last time they played them, Richard I know, Sherman was I, on Jordy Nelson, and, and he, he didn't did throw it. Nothing. And I know he didn't throw it. He didn't test him at all. That was the first game of the season, that Thursday night game. We all know what happened when they played the first game of the season, and I know they didn't go after okay, Richard so you're Sherman. Choosing the Packers, yeah. but no Moss. Yeah, no Moss. <laughs> no Moss is synonymous with. Seattle. Oh, man. No Moss. Yeah, no I am. Um, Come on, Tina. Rock no, with your boy. Rock with your boy. I, I, I told you, I think that the Packers defense is not as good as a lot of other defenses. I think there's a lot of holes there, and therefore I'm taking the Seahawks because I think they're just a better team, and they're at home. And I'm still going to take the Colts for winning the Super Bowl. I think I've said that like four weeks. I think All I'm right. going to take your microphone for that well, one right there. <laughs> take her cup. LeVar, thank you so much I for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, LeVar, yeah. man. Thanks for coming on, yeah. man. We really, really appreciate it. Tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram, Twitter, yeah. your website, all that stuff. It's at LeVar Arrington, L-A-V-A-R-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Simple, plain, just hit me up. And is it extremeprecision.com? Extreme, X with an X, no E, and then pro with an O. If you're extremely precise, then you can be an extreme pro at what you do. So extreme precision. Play on words. There you go. Love the philosophy. Puyao. I'm I'm Kevin John. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKevinJohn. Bam. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Steph Z. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tina Cap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week, we will have our divisional. We'll find out actually who's in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And we can talk about it. It'll be real exciting. Packers and Patriots. We'll see. All right, I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 